Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Martinez. It's Rasmus Well, it took a while for the dam to break, but after the first, he just can't seem to stop scoring. With a miss kick, giving Emerson an opportunity to get forward here for West Ham. Misses the target completely to Maguire's relief. Alejandro Garnacho gets the shot in Manchester United take control, real control now. What a happy trio. Yeah. And it's Garnacho. And it's 3 0. It's a much calmer win than the one they managed in midweek. A comfortable afternoon for Manchester United. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United. I'm stood inside an empty Old Trafford with Andy Mitten and Carl Anker. We've just got some ground staff and a few litter pickers for company inside this stadium. Manchester United have just beaten West Ham 3-0. Yes, you heard that right. A comfortable, routine home victory of sorts for United, which hasn't happened much this season, Andy. But I, I want to start with the press conferences, Andy. Mm because we've just had them. Mm. Eric Ten Hag first, who you told you're going to go out celebrating, and David Moyes, in which you, um, well, discussed cupping. I didn't expect that. I didn't raise cupping. And cupping, in my immature mind, or if you read Viz magazine, means something very different Mm -hmm. to David Moyes' description. So I don't normally ask opposing managers about Manchester United, but seeing as though he said that Casemiro and Martinez had played so well, I thought I would ask him about them and he talked about Casemiro bringing balance, heading, Manchester United's build-up being much better with Lissandro Martinez but he also accused Casemiro of of cupping. I mean, do you want me to be explicit here? No, I think people can work it out. Do Do you? No, don't be explicit. No, I'm I'm stood next to you and you're looking at me in the eye. Do not be explicit. Cupping in the box. Um, which if you have a dirty mind like me, you might provoke a snicker. We are all smiling though, aren't we? Because we've, got, we've, got tech, we've got to explain what cupping means. Yes. No, no, we don't need to explain we, what cupping means. It's not that offensive. David Moyes' ex- use of the term, he said there was an incident in the first half where uh, Casemiro cupped or used cupping against Emerson and said use both used of his hands. Used cupping against. Used both of his hands to grab Emerson in a, in a rugby tackle. Uh, Edson Alvarez, was it? Yes, in a, in, a, in, a, in a rugby style tackle to stop him from attacking a set piece. Uh, and then so I, I didn't believe he was supposed to, to do that in football and I was quite annoyed at this cupping. Again, it's just funny to say. Right, so I'll give you an alternative definition of cupping. My friends were once thrown out of a Greek taxi on holiday for cupping the taxi driver who, who was absolutely disgusted as the waft came across him and he threw him out the taxi. I'll be more mature for the rest of this podcast. As was his right. Yeah. You can't cup a taxi driver. driver. No, we've established that. All right. I didn't expect the podcast to 
start like this, even though it was me who asked the question, but it was Andy who started it. In fact, it was David Moyes who started it. So thank you for that, David. But Manchester United actually just went and won a football match by more than a goal at Old Trafford in the Premier League this season. That's different. It is different. First time all season. They said that. He said it and then I immediately started putting in my piece. So that'll go out tomorrow for you. That was as close to a sensible, controlled performance we've seen from United this season. The first half could be described as pleasantly boring. There were two or three moments. One thing that I really enjoyed was uh, it was a little bit of head tennis. I want to say around a half hour mark and I saw Kobe Mainu just do a calm down. Kobe, calm. Again, I've done it again. I've seen Kobe like Robbie do a calm down gesture to Casemiro. It was very much a, just get the ball on the deck. And there were three or four moments of that where a number of players were going, hang on, we're playing too quickly here. I've just uh, asked the very nice people at Opta for a passing map of Bruno Fernandes. And it's noticeably different from your typical Bruno Fernandes passing map. So instead of all the arrows being pointed forward and the ball being played at speed, there's quite a few sideways passes, two or three backwards passes. They just realised West Ham don't have a recognised striker and they're going to be strongest at set pieces. So if you have the ball, West Ham can't hurt you. So keep the ball a bit more. We've been encouraged by the team's performance of late going forward, Andy, but I think we can officially say again that Manchester United can score goals. 13 goals in the last five Premier League matches, just two goals in the five previous to that, and that attack looks it, doesn't it? I really enjoyed it today. And Carl, one word Carl used when he was talking in his last answer, control. We've not seen it enough from Manchester United. We've not seen enough goals. We've not seen enough clean sheets. But the team are coming into goals now. They're coming into wins. We've been pretty consistent on this pod saying we think with all the players back and we're going to discuss Lissandro Martinez, I'm sure, because if he is injured and he's out and it doesn't look good according to, to his manager, that, that's a huge blow. But for those lads... Um, the young lads attacking, the roar of Old Trafford when the team attacks, when you've got a two-goal two cushion, three-goal cushion, my, I have missed that so much. And when the three of them sat on the advertising hoarding, I just thought, that is going to be the picture on every newspaper back page tomorrow. It's I immediately thought image. of me, you and Carl, actually. Oh. We should do, do, do one. <laughs> Try and recreate it. Yeah. I thought of that, and this just sounds crazy, the, the construction workers sat yeah, on, the, yeah, on yeah. the New York, yeah. um, which is now a tourist attraction there as well. But brilliant. You can see the joy. Rasmus Hoyland, he always looks like he's just found a tenner. He's always smiling. <laughs> and it's a lovely thing to see. Kobe Mainu, I met him on Friday, showed him our front cover for the fanzine and he said, that's sick, which I'm told by people a lot younger than me is, is not a negative. It's a good thing, It's yeah. actually a positive. Yeah. And Garnacho, who's really coming into his own, he got the two goals today. I really enjoyed that today. And West Ham played well. David Moyes was right. They're, they're, after half an hour, West Ham had had nine shots. Manchester United had had three. They've got injury issues of their own. So glad we beat them because I was so annoyed when they beat us. Didn't Kudos celebrate at West Ham by sitting That's his alone? Celebration. That's his celebration. That is the Kudus celebration. Yeah. And Garnacho's gone and done it. I have seen some comments say that it's actually Garnacho doing a tribute to Cristiano Ronaldo when Ronaldo did it, I think, against Atletico Madrid. Uh, sort of sit there and, and taking the plaudits. But also, we know Garnacho is a little bit of an oink uh, and can nick someone's celebration. I do agree with you. That's going to be, that photograph of the trio is going to be a wallpaper for a lot of United fans next week. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> you couldn't help but smile watching the three of them sit there, could you really? And it was nice that they had that moment before, I think it was Marcus Rashford was the first player to, to run over and join them um, together because 
it just feels like that could be Manchester United's future in that picture. It does, and with good reason. So we're seeing Garnacho playing very regularly, starting to score more. We're seeing Hoyland starting to score more. We're seeing his celebration. That was a fantastic goal by Hoyland. Uh, are we That's his wrong foot, by the way. Foot? That was a fantastic goal, and his celebration. Not sure what this thing, putting his hand under his, his leg is. Trying to play the guitar? Play was guitar. It? Was it an air guitar with your leg? But, but, but why, why under your leg? I mean, if you play guitar, you hold it in your hand, I surely. I don't think he can it. hold his leg in his hand, Andy. I'm not <laughs> right. sure that's physically possible. I did interview him after the game, and I asked him yeah. what was the celebration about. So basically, one of his friends from at home in Denmark has said it's about time young goal scorer like you in the top level in England had their own celebration. So apparently, this is what that's his friends suggested, uh, the rock star celebration. And Rasmus got a guitar for Christmas as well. Okay. Which he's not quite got to grips with just yet, but I'm I'm now picturing a feature that I might do in about five years' time of Hoyland and his trademark guitar celebration, and he can actually play the guitar. So there you go. Thank you for all that detail. I learned a load of things there. It's the first time I've ever learned anything from you while doing this <laughs> podcast, so that's good. There was a buzz inside Old Trafford today. The atmosphere was good. The West Ham fans were proper chippy, talking about you Northern, this and that, and then the United I need fans. need Carl to translate, I think. Yeah, yeah, the United fans were hitting back, telling them where they can stick their bubbles, and it was somewhere <laughs> in the rear of, of their, their body. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by it and I wasn't surprised by it. I was speaking to fans outside the ground before the game and there was a groundswell of opinion, which has often been wrong this season, that we're onto something today. But I even spoke to West Ham fans and they were, they were thinking that as well. And what a surprise, team with best players plays well. Casemiro's getting better. Martinez, I really, really hope that it's not as serious as, as I fear. As it as it looked, Marcus. It wasn't his day today. He kept on trying. Um, there was one shot which he took, which didn't just hit the s- <laughs> go towards the second tier of the Stretford. I think it hit the E of the Stretford end sign on top yeah. of the back of the stand. Actually, probably going to come down and whack us on the head in about five <laughs> minutes. It, it went that far. Do you know what I noticed though? With that moment, the fans responded. Yeah. You know, because I think there would have been, if he hadn't have done what he did at Wolves the other night, like we talked about on the last podcast, that was a perfect way for it all to go. But there was support for him. There was Rashford on the piss songs again. But in that moment where there has been some frustration with him this season, the fans showed him support by singing Rashford is red rather than getting on his back. And it felt different for Marcus today. There was things coming off that a few weeks ago weren't coming off. He smiled after that missed opportunity. He also, like against Wolves, tracked back, did his defensive work. He lost the ball, tried to win it back, and then he got back into the right position. In the first half, there were two or three moments where you could see Ten Hag gesture to Shaw, Rashford, and to Garnaccio to get forward, especially when Maynard got on the ball. I think they were trying to hit cross-field passes to try and get there. Shaw and Rashford didn't quite get it. I did see a bit where, where Ten Hag did a sort of quicker motion with his hands. So again, they're coming together Hoyland mentioned something about him and Garnacho being still young. He said people say the two don't score, but now they're coming together. And you can really see that relationship between the two yeah. is coming up. So now it's up to Rashford to join them. Although it's quite nice that you scored three goals and none of them came from Marcus Rashford. You've got other ways to win games now. Yeah, that didn't happen very much last season. Just to sort of spell it out then, uh, Garnacho um, is on four goals in his last three games at Old Trafford. And obviously Hoyland as well, five goals two assists in his last six matches in all competition. He's the youngest Manchester United player to score in four consecutive Premier League games as well. 
it's much more like it from him, isn't it? We're starting to get positive rather than negative stats. We've been reeling off negatives all season. You know, this is the the worst December since 1932 or, or whatever it was. Well, the averted like the first time since the 60s of yeah. conceding two goals again in a Premier League game for yeah. what was it four or five matches consecutively. So we're not actually making negative stats anymore. This is good. It's good, and my nervousness still hasn't completely gone. If I'm honest, because uh, you sense that in the crowd at times today. You tune it up and you're thinking we were brilliant and 2-0 up in Copenhagen but I am getting more confident by the week and I thought it was a really good team performance I know it's our job to pick out individuals to ask about individuals but just the way that Scott McTominay won the ball back to set up one of the goals and he's coming on you can you can feel a real positive energy compared to the last game against Tottenham which although Manchester United didn't lose that match the atmosphere was really really bad and today it was really, really good. But bring on these two o'clock Sunday kickoffs. Obviously, that's a factor as well. Yeah, if only they're in the Europa League and needed to have more two o'clock uh, kickoffs, Andy. Look, Sorry, look, I didn't want to bring Europe again. No, no you, look, look. I'm still absolutely disgusted that United won one of those six games. But, you know, we've won it. And I did ask Eric Tenag, and he's like, I'm not getting carried away. But I thought, well, I'll get carried away. So I got a nice. Whee! What have we got here then? I recently celebrated a, a landmark uh, birthday, my, my 21st, and um, Manchester United gave me this. Oh, nice. So it's, it's a, a bottle of, is that Dutch champagne then, is it? Paul Goring champagne. Brut. Especially, exclusively selected for Manchester United. Well, if we're getting a gift out, I've got one. Hang on a minute, it can't, there can't actually be a Dutch champagne. I realise what I just said there, because it's mate, probably trademarked mate. for that region of France, isn't it? I couldn't tell the difference between wine in a carton and one of the ones that Fergie drinks, so <laughs> I'm really not the man to be asking questions. I have a favour with a uh, friend of the podcast, the gentleman called Oliver, who said, uh, next time you see Andy, give him this. So uh, these are oh, some man. Maltesers truffles. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, Oliver. A big box of Maltesers truffles. Can I start eating them now? Yeah. Well, I'd like you to. Then we might be able to have one then as well while we still revel in while this victory. There, I want to talk uh, individual performances. Diogo Dalo was really good today. Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah. He made a late block on West Ham's best chance of the game. Maguire missed time to header. Goes over his head. But Bowen's through. And you think it's going to be one-on-one. And Dalo just got there, made the block. Uh, and he did the thing he often does when he makes a big block is he goes to high-five a teammate without realising the ball hadn't quite gone out of play yet and then he spat him around and oh no, uh, that's nice. You're better, but there's still a while to go. <laughs> I think Diogo Delot is playing. Diogo. Diogo I'm eating a Maltese just truffle, you can't expect me to pronounce things perfectly. He's playing Dallo as well, but Dallo. never mind. Dallo. Anyone would think that you and I had just spoken to him last week, <laughs> wouldn't you? At, at detail. Not about his name in fairness, but still. Right. He had a good game. I agree with Carl. I'm going Who to did? start. <laughs> Diogo Dello. And that interception, you're quite right. And how the crowd roared because they love something like that. It's a nuance of English football. Yeah, I agree. They love a, a, a smash like that. And Harry was playing well, but he did misread um, twice in the game, which let West Ham attack. Another thing about Dello is... At times he was playing like a central midfielder or he was so advanced. I sat next to Paddy Crerand and he kept saying, look at the right back, look where he is. And it wasn't always complimentary from Paddy because, you know, a right back should be near the defence. He is a central midfielder, Paddy, isn't he? So in his mind still at least. And, and Delo was playing as a central midfielder at times. Delo had two or three shots on target today. This is pretty significant for a right back. From what I understand, he's been working on that. This season, he's been really working his uh, long-range shooting as well. We're seeing him 
get some goals through his game. So, yeah, if the ball comes to him in that little pocket of space on the edge of the box, he will let fly. This is what we want from him. I've said it before, he should be United's starting right back. But there have been games and there have been performances where you go, right, I can see why Tenar is going to go back to Juan Bissaka. Let's have one of the Maltesers. Thank you, Bram. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, just to pick up on a couple of the negatives today, obviously the huge negative was the injury to Lissandro Martinez. We'll talk about that in a moment, but Carl, you mentioned before about Dallow's block. There was also the miss from Emerson as well. And in the first half, I think West Ham in total had something like 13 shots as well. It was good, it was better, it was more controlled. It still feels delicate, doesn't it? There was a couple of moments in that first half where Manchester United fans were sort of moaning a bit that the team weren't getting the ball forward enough and, and quickly enough. Yeah, this was a curious one in that, in my opinion, there were two or three moments where Fernandez, Casemiro and Mania in particular were just putting their foot on the ball to slow things down. A couple of sideways passes and you heard a smattering, small section of whistles when you, this is like 1-0, where you're going, okay, they're slowing things down because they don't want West Ham, they want West Ham to seize upon a mistake. This is part of the game plan. But you, you do get the sense that when you're at home, you, you know, attack, 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 and attack, attack. You don't want to score the fourth goal before you score the second, you know? Just take it easy. It was very nervous watching those West Ham set pieces, I must say, in the first. Wasn't it? I thought United got better with the set pieces. It's been a massive cause of concern this season. And they, they played well and they had good chances. We should also mention Onana. That reflex save early on was one of the best that he's made this season. And I still have doubts about him. I still think he's got a win over a lot of Manchester United fans. But another player who he did well today, he kept a clean sheet. And before we know it, Manchester United, if this carries on going, will have scored more goals in the league than the mighty Luton Town, <laughs> who were playing soon. Is the goal difference nearly zero as well now? Imagine, I'm defo going out when Manchester United break zero goal difference. <laughs> you've already told Eric Tenag that you're out, so you've got a lot of reasons to be going out. And you've got your bottle of champagne in your pocket. <laughs> Sorry, him on Friday, right? <laughs> I said, that was brilliant at Wolves last night. And he said, I'm not getting carried away just yet. I went, well, I am, I'm going out tonight. And I've said the same thing again to him today, so I bet he's got me down as being a right knob. <laughs> Someone who goes out a he's lot. easily pleased, but it's been crap this season, so I'm going to... Uh, going to enjoy it did you tell him that as well <laughs> well I, he said he he did say in the press conference he's been reading what we've been saying he, I, said, I, he said you didn't believe in us so there was a question about how much better United have been since players returned from injury and he was like well I told you and like, yeah you know you, you have told us a lot and he's like you didn't believe us which I hold my hands up there were multiple times where I went shouldn't you be having a different plan rather than just wait and see for when Lissandra Martinez came back but Everyone's back. Everything makes more sense now. I've never wanted him to, to be sacked. I've had grave doubts. I've sensed the mood turning. And if this improvement doesn't continue, I think his, his job will be in doubt. But I've always wanted it to, to work out for him. And I've been pretty positive around him. When I interviewed him before Christmas, some smart ass on Twitter said, has he paid you to do that? 
how much has he paid you to do that, that interview? And I just replied, about seven pounds less than you pay for your blue tick each month. And that just put him right back in his box. <laughs> about, and the month after that, United were absolutely terrible. He's not keeping school. He's not keeping school. <laughs> Look, it's not been a good season. Even now, the league table is nothing to get carried away about. And I know six still, yeah? Yeah. But, you know, this is a high point. When we were last sixth, after beating Chelsea in December. Lost the Bournemouth 3 yeah. And this, this was the fear. This was the fear going into this, which was every time United have a positive result, and we've been on this podcast going, ooh, this player finally seems to have sorted out. You have the result afterwards. You have the defeat to Bournemouth. You have the, you know, you, you beat Brentford, and then you beat your scratch and claw against Sheffield United, and then the derby comes along. The fear you have is, you look at league tables, like, oh, it's Villa next. Yeah. That'll be tricky. You can't necessarily play the same way. But Casemiro keeps playing the way he's playing. If you can, he did look a bit leggy after an hour again, I will say. I thought he was coming off when McTominay came on, to be honest. But, but you know, if Casemiro can last 70 minutes rather than 60 minutes, then you can start getting better. If hopefully Sandra Martinez is a tweak and not a... I'm not even going to say it. If it's weeks and not this, then maybe you get better and you get better and you get better. Sixth place feels fair for how United have been this season, I reckon. You? Okay. Well, that's two league wins in four days. This has not been happening this season. On the back of a, a win at Newport Five County. Five unbeaten. Yeah, and, but even a week ago against Newport County, United let them back into the game. So it's about reducing the margin of error. And I think Eric Tenag knows exactly where Manchester United have got to improve. I can't mention Villa. It's a huge game. That's a real test because last season, after losing at Villa, and United deserved nothing from that game, the team went on a really long run, if I, if I remember rightly. Villa are way ahead of Manchester United at the moment, but are one of the teams United should be looking to aim to catch because maybe they've got a wobble in them. You know my feelings about Unai Emery and the excellent job that he's doing. If you can go to Villa and avoid defeat, then it's very conservative me saying that because in years gone by, I would have said, get a win against Villa, but baby steps. And that's what I think is needed with this team. Let's talk about Lissandro Martinez and Eric Ten Hag spoke after the match, called it a personal tragedy or personal disaster, I think mm. actually was the, the exact term that he used. Um, obviously, there'll need to be tests. He said he can't say at the moment how bad it was, but it doesn't look good. Um, it looked like a knee injury, clearly, with Vladimir Safal falling onto his leg. He wanted to continue. I mean, he, he did continue for a, a little while and then had to give in to it, but... You just get everything crossed that it's nothing more than a tweak, I suppose. Everything crossed. So, you know, in, in I'll call it a scuffle with the West Ham player, and it looked like the whole weight of Kufal. Kufal? Sufal. Uh, collided on top of Martinez. And, like the pronunciation police today, I aren't I? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what Martinez was rolling around the verge of what I can only describe as the trench that goes around Old Trafford. Uh, he pulled down his sock and he pointed to his knee kneecap. You know, like, okay doesn't look yeah. good I thought he was going to get taken off immediately but he tried to continue which I, that's just Martinez he will try and continue until his body says no uh, I, I know a couple of fans went oh it's good because he walked off I'm like, mm, wow. I have seen players walk off on an ACL injury adrenaline makes you do strange things so you wait and see I'm hoping it's just a knee tweak and it's more weeks rather than something bigger and we're talking about months because he has been so good in these two games 
I'm hoping like like you are. And when he went down, I thought, oof, because he's a brave man and he was brilliantly aggressive today. United fans were singing Argentina and the West Ham fans, because he went down right in front of the West Ham's yeah. fans, were singing, let him die. Nice one, West Ham fans. Obviously, it's only a football chance, people being, being stupid. Look, it, everything we've had since the match is negative about it. But when he went off against Sevilla, if you remember, he was carried off by his two compatriots. Mm-hmm. This is the smallest of mercies here, but it did seem worse against uh, Sevilla. And I remember interviewing Sevilla's manager saying, we got back into the game because Manchester United's best player went off. And he didn't even know I was a Manchester United fan. That's how significant Martinez can be. David Moyes picked him out after the game. That's how significant he is. It will be such a shame if he's, if he's out for months as opposed to weeks. You're right about the adrenaline thing because he wants to take the world on. He's annoyed because he's not played so much this year, but he also has an incredible resolve. You know when he went off against Seville and he was in the dressing room and his, his partner was crying when he rang her. I, I asked him about this. He said, it was a good thing. I went, a good thing that you're injured? He went, yeah, because I can come back even better. And I thought, imagine being that low, thinking that you can come back that high. But he needs to be playing. Fingers crossed, as you both said. It's weird as well because I look back at his injury history, Carl, and he's not really got a history of these no. serious problems. And obviously he's had the foot issue, which he's sort of twice come back from. Um, he missed, what, from mid-April onwards last season. He's only had four matches back since returning this time around after starting the season with what obviously was still a, you know, a continuation of that broken foot issue. It just seems are, very unlucky, doesn't these it? These are unfortunate impact injuries. You know, He's a broken metatarsal when you're trying to carry the ball out defence against Sevilla. It's... West Ham's fullback just falling on top of you in an awkward angle and you trying to deal with it. It's not the, the player who perhaps hasn't got their diet right and then they're not stretching properly and doing their hamstring. From everything we hear about Martinez is he's meticulous in his approach to fitness and everything else. So hopefully he'll come back. He had one line breaking pass in the first 10 minutes and I was like, oh, this team is so much better yeah. with you in it. Yeah. Um, the spirit in it as well yeah. that he brings, you know, the leadership that he brings, it makes a huge difference, even that element. He's, his sense of timing, just uh, this is the correct moment to go up, this is the correct moment to stand down, is better than everyone else. In the first 10 minutes, the two or three times where Manu had a pass and he went away from Casemiro and Casemiro gestured to him, like, I'm right here. And there was another one where uh, Garnaccio was wide right and he like ran down the wing looking for a cross to a ball and the ball didn't come and he's like, I'm right here. And I'm like, okay, the team is coalescing. They're only just now beginning to settle and figure out who they are. And then Martinez goes down, oh no, not another pebble in the river. Yeah, it did, it did feel a bit like that. I, I, we've not mentioned it much, but Cobby sort of bossing Casimiro and Bruno Fernandes around in that first half, I enjoyed, particularly for the club on a day where they're commemorating the 66th anniversary of the, the Munich Air disaster and a young academy player is standing out like he is as well. That is ultimately the, the best tribute that you can you can give to the, the team who was so damaged by that, that air disaster. I'm going to Munich in the morning. There's a flight out of Manchester. I know quite a lot of people are, who are going on it and they pay their respects. And yeah, today was pretty fitting. The surfer flag of the Busby Babes going across the, the Stratford end, the names of the fallen all around Old Trafford and it's important that it it is remembered and the legacy and the history of this club bringing the young players through is wonderful and if Cobby's as good as we all hope he can be how much is that going to save Manchester United? We speculated on the last podcast about that the number's only going up isn't it? Yeah and 
lovely to see and I met him briefly as I said on Friday my impression of him was a, a grounded uh, human everything I hear about him is positive and his life's going to go undergo an incredible change as he becomes famous and that can be negative as well as positive and spoke to one of the coaches a couple of days ago and, and he said after six months you often see a dip with the youngest players because they're just getting the head around this is my new life he also said what the top pros do is to do that 60 games a season is they have their massive highs and they come back again three days later I've not forgotten that Carl's just used the word coalesce on the podcast by the way it's pretty impressive that wasn't it the way he sort of straightened his collar after saying it as well very Isn't impressive it? he's wearing it he's got a pen behind his ear hasn't he as well <laughs> just giving you know descriptions for people who can't see this podcast but just listening just had a warning from Luke the security guard again then Andy what did he right. say how long have we got said we've got to do one quickly it's really windy inside Old Trafford isn't no, it no can you actually help me and tell me how long we've got left he, he said uh, 20 minutes but he said that 15 minutes ago so we've got about five minutes left right um, let's do the centre half situation then Harry Maguire started today for the first time since the middle of December Eric Ten Hag Carl said it was about more rewarding him for the form he was showing before he picked up the groin injury against Bayern Munich Raffle Varane dropping down to the bench. How do you see this playing out? I mean, it might be that they both start now with Martinez's injury, I suppose. It's probably going to play out a bit like Dalo and Wan-Bissaka in that Varane, in my view, should probably be the number one. But we don't know what goes on in Carrington on a week-to-week basis. And there's probably something Maguire's doing in training that makes Tenard go, it's you today. I think against the West Ham opponent that wants to play in that sort of compact counter-attacking shape, Maguire and what he offers on the ball. You know, the progressive passing, probably a, a safer bet than Rafa, who tends to pass sideways a little bit more. So there's options there. It's not as clean cut as it may be in, say, FIFA or a football manager. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised by it, Maguire starting? I was surprised when I saw that it was his first start what, for, two, for two months. I don't think him and Johnny have played badly, but Martinez lifts the team in, in a different way. And it was over Varane though, wasn't it, today, rather yeah, than Martinez? Yeah. Well, maybe this is squad management. Quite two games in a week. Two games in a week, and, you know, if, if I'm being normally, you know, we've got the return of European football and he's got to manage his squad, but obviously we went out of Europe because we won one out of six, and I still can't believe that we would be going to Prague very soon if we would have finished third. Finals in Dublin. If I, against Liverpool in Dublin, we could have a final, but I'm not going to dwell too much on it because it'll just send me under. Yeah, you have mentioned it quite a lot on the podcast already. I mean, we'll preview the Aston Villa game properly on the next pod, but that's a huge match next Sunday, Carl, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's good Annie mentioned the defeat at Villa Park last season because that was Emery's first game. And that was a United team with Donny van der Beek playing as a number 10, Cristiano Ronaldo. Captain Cristiano Captain Ronaldo. Cristiano wow. Ronaldo. Wow, and, only last season. And United, Emery just did a tactical job on them. Just... They had a really good build-up plan on the left-hand side. Emmy Martinez helped out on Aston Villa's first goal, which is a free kick. Completely did a job on David De Gea. But, as Andy said, the very next game was against Aston Villa in the League Cup. Maguire got his customary yellow card, as he was last season. And then they just went on this huge run that was, that was very, very good. That will be a fun game just to watch both 
Emery and Ten Hag in the dugout because they often do a lot of adjustments when they go against each other. So uh, have fun, Laurie. What are you writing? In fact, happy birthday, Laurie. We've not mentioned the birthday boy, have we? He's not turned 21 today like Rasmus Hoyland, even though in his head he's somewhere near there. But I hope you've had a wonderful day, my friend, wherever you've been. I can I'm, see Laurie. I'm sure he'll be listening to this. I can see Laurie scoring a goal at five aside and going for the rock star guitar celebration, can you? And pulling his hamstring. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Laurie. He would need no encouragement whatsoever to, you know. Make it all about him. <laughs> to put, roll his hands through his quiffed hair design this new celebration. But, Although you know. I've seen him play football and the chances of him scoring a goal anytime soon is unlikely. Before we go then, Carl, <laughs> what are you writing about that the Athletic subscribers can look forward to? So Critch has done the on-whistle briefing that came out just before we started recording. So I'm going to focus a bit more on Garnacho and a bit more on just the value of playing a bit of boring football. So you can have a look at Bruno Fernandes' pass map on Monday and just go, ah, he wasn't pinging it forward like he used to. Andy? I'm going to Munich, as I said, and I'll be speaking to lots of different people there. I've been there before, but I'm going to go to some new places this time, and hopefully I will write an interesting piece. I think we should also mention in this pod, the 19s beat Arsenal 4-2 after extra time at Carrington on Saturday, and they're doing really, really well. Yeah, we're hoping to do a bit of a, a deeper dive like we've been doing lately into the academy at Manchester United as well in the coming weeks. And a lot of people listening have been asking for us to do that. And Carl, the women's team won today as well. It's been a good day. Yes, beat Brighton 2-0. Two goals from the key to Paris. That keeps them in fourth place. They're one point off Arsenal in third. It's been a really tricky season right now. You're in the first real murmurs of disgruntlement at Mark Skinner, who... In typical Mark Skinner way, he speaks in a sunshine voice, a bit like a primary school teacher. Says, okay, you can criticise me a little bit, but don't worry, things are going to get better. So, big challenges ahead for them. Yeah, both Manchester United senior managers saying things will get better. Trust me, bear with us. We'll also have a bit more of an in-focus look at the women's side as well on the podcast on Thursday. Out of interest, so you're in Manchester now. Yeah. You're heading to Germany tomorrow. Yeah. Where will you be by Thursday? I'm going to go from Germany to, to Spain and then on Thursday I'm going to India with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. As yeah. you do, Carl. As you do. I mean... Where else would you go on a Thursday? I mean, if I get invited to go to India with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and to, to cities... I like going to new places, right? Bangalore, been before, got in my sticker book. Mumbai, been before, got New Delhi, not been before. So I'm missing out. I'd registered to do an half marathon. I'm going to miss out on that and I'm going to miss out on, on Villa. But yeah, I'm going to go with Mr. Solskjaer, who's a thoroughly pleasant person, so hopefully I'll be able to uh, tell you some things about that. Yeah, looking forward to the tales of that already. Carl and Andy, thank you so much for staying on. Been worth your while though, Andy, today, hasn't it? Bottle of champagne and a pack of Maltese truffles, why not? And the discussion of cupping with the West Ham manager, no less, too. That is the way you spend a Sunday. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Carl. And thank you for listening at home, as always. We'll be back on Thursday. If you want to get in touch for any reason, remember the email address, devilspod at theathletic.com. See you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. Athletic.